You're listening to Advancing Our Church. The parish as being a beacon of hope, especially during this time of pandemic. And I think one of the uh, big problems in our church today is we do great ministry. We just have a bad habit of not telling people about the great work that we do. Boy, I couldn't agree more. That's Monsignor Louis Marucci, and you're listening to Advancing Our Church, a Changing Our World podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. And I'm your host, Jim Friend. It's Thanksgiving week, everybody. I am so thankful for all of you and so grateful for your support of our show. Over the last few weeks, we've been trying Advancing Our Church Live, and I've just been humbled and overwhelmed by the support and the number of likes and shares and uh, participation on your end. So thank you for being a part of Advancing Our Church. Thank you for the great ideas, and just keep those coming in, because we've got some great shows and topics planned for you all the way through Christmas right now, and we're even beginning to look at 2021. So if you have a thought or an idea of a topic you'd like to see us uh, discuss, or maybe even a a guest you think would be particularly helpful to us, send me an email at jim at advancingourchurch.com. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and send me an instant message and just let me know what you're looking for, what would be helpful to you. We've got a great show and a great panel of guests for you today. I was not able to join them on Advancing Our Church Live this past week, and Anna Vallez has stepped in as our wonderful host and facilitator for today's conversation, and you're all familiar with Anna as well as Tom Farrell and Sean Trahan, who join her on the panel from Changing Our World, all of whom have been on the show before and just bring tremendous experience. Our topic today is plans for celebrating a socially distanced Christmas and year-end giving, which is very relevant as we look at moving in towards the end of the year and perhaps the biggest season, as we know, uh, or the biggest time of giving traditionally uh, in the calendar year. So we have two wonderful pastors joining us for this conversation today. First, Father Ron Bagley, the pastor of St. Patrick Catholic Community in Carlsbad, California, and that is actually Anna's church. So wonderful to have Father Ron with us, as well as Monsignor Louis Marucci from Gibbsboro, New Jersey. He's the pastor of St. Andrew the Apostle Church. And of course, uh, we've had Monsignor on the show a couple of times, especially recently. And Monsignor just brings a tremendous amount of development and pastoral experience to the conversation. And so, without any further ado, here is Anna Vallez. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Advancing Our Church session today. I'd like to introduce our panelists. The upper right-hand corner, we have Sean Trahan from Changing Our World. We have Father Ron Bagley, pastor at St. Patrick's Catholic Church in Carlsbad, California. We have Monsignor Marucci from uh, St. Andrews in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, Tom Farrell from Long Island, New York. Welcome, everyone. Say hi. Hello. 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 And I'd like to ask Father Ron to lead us in a prayer before we get started. Father Ron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise and thank you, God of mercy and compassion, for the great love you continue to shower upon us, even in these difficult times. We find the moments of your grace and constant care for us. Help us in all of our activities and our parishes to be able to continue to give witness to your great love and lead our people closer to you. We ask you bless our time together today as all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thank you, Father Juan. During the past few weeks, Advancing Our Church live chat has been really discussing the times, the impact of, of the pandemic, and how it's affected all of us in so many different ways. And I was looking at the reading for this week, Matthew 25, how it talks about our resources, our skills, and our talents that, that we've been given. And I find that to be a powerful parable in that it is encouraging us to be creative, to really look at at doing things differently, using our skills in every way possible. And so I'd like to use that to to start our discussion and ask uh, Father Juan and Monsignor Marucci to talk about what the pandemic is affecting your parish and what you'll do differently this year in terms of masses during the holidays. Father Ron, can you start us off? Sure. Well, I have to pick up on what you said, Anna, because one of the things that we have talked about as a parish staff is that we have found creative ways to do things that we never would have thought of before, despite all of the obstacles and challenges that have been thrown in our path that we continue to find people discovering things they didn't know they could do. In our parish, we have been able to continue to offer Mass throughout the time and the uh, other sacraments in some way, shape, or form. And uh, of course, the weather of Southern California makes it a little bit easier to have Mass outside, but We have been able to provide Mass from day one of closing the churches. We immediately were able to go online with Mass. We were able to move Mass outside. And we were able to develop uh, ways of keeping in in touch with people and contact and keep people feel connected to the church and to, to one another. It forced us to do some things technologically that we probably would not have done otherwise. For us, at least, technology has been our friend. And Mass is on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Anything you'll, I mean, you're obviously going to hold, you're going to try to hold a Mass outside, right, given the weather? We're hoping. Our tradition here on Thanksgiving is to have one parish Mass, which is bilingual. People will get to hear my bad Spanish. And we will try to do almost everything that traditionally we, we have done. People bring food and wine to be blessed. And we'll do that again, but adapted to to the times. Restrictions. Yeah. You know, we do everything with social distance and uh, wearing masks and the way we give up communion even is different. (laughs) You know, all of those kinds of things. Uh, We've we've been able to, to adapt. Adaptability and flexibility have been the name of the game. Yes. And, you know, Father Ron, let me just add on that. San Diego, for all of you who don't live in California, we just moved into the purple tier. But before we moved into the purple tier last Saturday, I did something I would have never thought I'd be doing. And that is, is that I went and made a reservation for Christmas Eve mass for my family and myself. St. Patrick's offered all of us to go online on one day and to make those reservations because obviously the church could only hold a certain amount of people. But that was very creative, the way you did that as well. So I think well, our, our plan at the moment is to have 100 people in the church, 100 people in the parish hall, and then 
outside were unlimited in number of people. But moving into the purple tiers put that whole plan into jeopardy. Yes. We were, we were ready to offer 14 masses between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Now it's more than likely we'll have seven or eight and all of them outside. Unless some reason or another, we the, the numbers go down, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Right. Thank you, Father Ron. Um, Monsignor Marucci, talk to us a little bit about St. Andrews and, and your plans for Thanksgiving and Christmas. One of the, uh, the blessings of the parish here at St. Andrews is when I first came, I've been here for 10 years now. When I first came, they were not using technology at all. It was very, uh, I would say, technologically illiterate. <laughs> Over the course of years, uh, you know, we've implemented significant elements of technology here at St. Andrew the Apostle. So we were ahead of the, the game when everything began to close down and the churches were in lockdown mode, the state in lockdown mode. We literally stream everything that happens in the church. Every ceremony, every man, our, our normal day would start with the 8 a.m. morning mass, followed by adoration for two hours, the rosary at 12, Divine Mercy Chaplet at three. And then we use technology to communicate with the parishioners. You know, during this particular time, you know, Holy Father always speaks of encounter, right? It's about really staying connected to the congregation because I really believe that the congregation, they're lacking in stability right now in so many different ways and forms. So the more connected that I can stay with them, then the more stable I think our parish has been able to kind of live through this experience. I send them video messages on a regular basis, especially during the whole time that we were closed down. We can hold 135 people in our church right now, following all the protocols for protecting and safety. And But we also uh, will stream it across to our parish hall. So we have another 150 people that can be in the parish hall. Our plan for Christmas and the holidays is interesting. I've never done this before, but we're doing it now. Is We took a survey of the congregation to find out what their plans are. Because if you ask people, what are you planning on doing for Christmas? They don't know. You know, they're thinking this through, you know, they're all still making their plans. But we asked them to really think about it and to let us know. Uh, if you were coming to Mass, what Mass were you coming to? How many are you planning on bringing? And we took a survey of the congregation. That gave us some concept of how to schedule our Masses. Our bishop allowed for this year only us to celebrate Mass starting at 3 p.m. So we will have several Masses. Uh, three, we'll have two Masses. One at three, two at five, one at seven. We still do a midnight mass. I think we're kind of the dinosaur in the diocese. I don't know too many that actually do the mass at midnight. But it's been an interesting thing because now we also have opened it up to the congregation so they can identify what mass they want to come to. And we're hoping we don't have to um, have uh, passes for the Mass, but it may seem that we may have to do that. We're not in the luxury, uh, Father Ron, of having an outdoor Mass, and doing an outdoor Mass on Christmas Eve may really 
not proved to be very healthy for them. But uh, so that's our plan for the holidays. We've communicated with the congregation and we have a, a plan. So no matter whatever happens, that we can execute those liturgies. It really warms my heart to hear you talk about the number of masses you're going to be holding. You know, we still are in touch with many parishes who are only offering like one outdoor mass, and they're still not able to con- conduct any masses inside the church. So I think it's wonderful that you've been able to adjust your schedules, be a little bit more creative with folks. It seems like you're being, you're still staying connected with everyone. John and Tom, do you have anything to add to that? I know that you you folks are in touch with other parishes. Do you want to add anything to what you see out there, what folks are doing? Sure. Thanks, Anna. And thanks, uh, Father Ron and, and Monsignor Marucci. So we recently completed a parish campaign within the Diocese of Rockville Center, a parish located in East Patchogue. And they actually launched their campaign in January of this year and experienced so many challenges, like all other parishes, of course, as a result of the pandemic. So just as we were starting to move into the active phase of the campaign after the planning phase, meaning, you know, launching solicitations in the leadership, you know, major gift areas, $25,000 and up, then the pandemic descended, you know, of course, upon the country. And things were shut down for quite some time. So we kind of adapted our plan, continued to stay in touch on a weekly basis. And once the parishes were able to begin holding mass again, they actually moved to conducting mass outside, but parishioners remaining in their cars. And that was successful effort, according to uh, many of the pastors. And so people were just so glad to kind of get out again. And even though they weren't able to go from car to car to car, just being able to see each other and wave and just, you know, have some form of interaction was truly just was, you know, welcoming to the entire community. And so at that point, we decided to adjust our plan as it relates to solicitations and being respectful of, you know, the social distancing guidelines. We started conducting solicitations, either a video conference or just by phone. And I tell you that the pastor and I were somewhat reluctant to ask the volunteers to go that direction um, because many volunteers were, were afraid. The pastor himself contracted the virus and several parishioners within the parish passed away and many parishioners were ill. So we knew that the parishioners or the volunteers were reluctant to sort of get back out, not necessarily um, scared of contracting the virus, but more so they viewed it as possibly being some form of disrespect and how they would be viewed by other parishioners. And so Father and I talked and he said, you know, why don't I start reaching out to parishioners and let's share our let's share my success with the volunteers. I'm going to start contacting parishioners and I'll do this for the next two to three weeks. In our weekly calls with our volunteers, Father started to share his success. And in about three weeks, we didn't even have to ask the volunteers would they be willing to join Father by soliciting others? One volunteer said, Father, I can't believe the success you're having. And you know what? I'm going to start contacting my families as well. And then another volunteer said, you know, I'm going to join you guys in this effort. So from that point, it was sort of a sigh of relief, like things were really moving in motion then. And so we were certainly pleased with the overall progress of the campaign. Certainly we had to adapt as it relates to the NPU weekend, which of course, Father Ron and Monsignor, you're very familiar with. 
typically you know how NPU is conducted in terms of you getting to a percentage of your, your goal before launching NPU, where all the parishioners are asked to, to make their, their gift decision to the campaign. Of course, throughout that process, the cards are uh, handed out during mass, the pencils or pens are placed in the pews, and the ushers and the volunteers come back around to pick up the cards once father and or a volunteer share, share their story. Well, of course, considering, you know, not having printed bulletins, and of course, this was right when things were starting to, to open up in New York, and it was in August, no printed bulletins were allowed. Of course, we couldn't leave the pencils or pens in the pews, couldn't go from pew to pew to pass out the commitment weekend cards. So we put our heads together and said, okay, how can we conduct commitment weekend successfully and safely, of course? And so we gathered the volunteers and instead of asking them to distribute the cards, they were handed out as parishioners entered the sanctuary. And then, of course, the same with pencils and pens. And then, of course, instead of asking the ushers and volunteers to come back around to pick up the cards, there was a procession held uh, where one representative from each family uh, was asked to go to the altar and place their card in the basket. And Father Ron, I'm, I'm not aware of your detailed success as it relates to your campaigns, but I can tell you I work closely with Monsignor Marucci on, on his campaign in Diocese of Camden for the Catholic Strong effort. And Monsignor, this parish raised just about 40% of their goal. Now, I know you did that and even more during your commitment weekends because I know you helped too, and so did this parish. But it's very rare that you see a parish garner 40% plus during their commitment weekend. So while we were worried going into it in terms of not only just the number of people, you know, not being present for mass, because of course, you know, these are are different times and they were only able to have 50% of the church capacity uh, attending mass. So we did have many people mail their pledge cards in, but those who came to mass supported the effort. It was just an overwhelming success. So the parish actually raised about 140% of the overall goal. So excited for them. Tom, do you have anything to add? Well, I just actually had another question for Father Bagley and Monsignor Marucci related to the conduct of the Mass. You know, when you go to church, you see clergy, you see parishioners, but there's other people that are involved. And I'm just wondering what the coordination was like with altar servers and lecterns and and ushers, you know, other people that participate in the Mass, what that was like to retrain those folks, you know, to help. Yeah, we had some restrictions in our diocese of ministers over 65 not being allowed to exercise a ministry during the Mass. So for us as a parish, that that wiped out half of our people. So we had to go on a big campaign to recruit younger people for those ministries. And they came forward. And now we have this cadre of younger people involved in various ministries. And once we had recruited them, we needed to train or retrain the others. Okay, this is how the minister of hospitality is going to work because people are going to be dismissed row by row. And that's part of your, and when to come for communion and all this. So We use Zoom meetings to retrain our various uh, liturgical ministries. We developed a written protocol, job description for each of those ministries, which we had never had before. So those are some of the things that we were kind of forced into that have turned into real blessings. One of the uh, difficulties that we had to deal with here in the Diocese of Camden is that 
many of our auxiliary ministers were not permitted to be participating in the masses specifically when we were closed to the congregation. So we got very acclimated to being able to really celebrate a mass without a congregation, which is a really an odd thing to do because you want to be kind of vibrant and you want to kind of communicate, right? There's nobody in the pew. So you're doing it to a camera. And a lot of priests struggled with that, but we were able to maintain it with just the music ministry and literally the priest and the deacon. As we reopened our doors to individuals, it was a whole different approach to ministry because they all had to integrate these safety protocols. And we wanted to relay to the congregation that coming to the church was indeed a very safe place letting them know all of the disinfectant strategies that we have in place, uh, taking temperatures as people come into the church, uh, symptom screening as well. All these little nuances, explaining to them why we're doing what we're doing was very, very significant. Mm -hmm. I would say that there's still a reluctance of people to come back to church. We have probably average about maybe um, 25% of our congregation right now, but still a very, very difficult situation. So our ministers are doing well as they acclimated to it, but you have to think outside the box. You were asking about Christmas and if you came to Christmas at St. Andrews, you know, we're a little over the top of Christmas, but we can't have a, a choir participating in the Christmas Mass, you have to be careful about instrumentalists because brass instruments can spread. So let's just talk to our pastoral associate for worship and music. And, you know, she's got a plan of doing something with a small goal of people separated apart, brass instrumentation are going to be behind um, plexiglass shields. And it's really just completely thinking outside the box today. Well said, Monsignor Marucci. One of the, that kind of leads us into the next question when you brought up the choir. You know, Christmas, we all know, is a time where feelings are just brought up an extra notch. Folks are looking forward to Advent and Christmas Eve. And that the feelings of family and togetherness, how are you going, you know, choirs are so important. Are either of you going to be offering like a, a Zoom concert, you know, to the community? Have you thought about that? I, I'm hearing folks talk about that. Anything else that you might be doing that's a little bit unique? We actually have one scheduled for the third Sunday of Advent. So you can tune in somewhere around, uh, I think it's uh, two o'clock. It's going to literally involve a few of the members of the music ministry. They put a, a program together how they plan on you know presenting that as opposed to the full concert that they used to do i think it's a a, a subtle way they even wrote me into playing the harp for it so i will wow tune in for them that's awesome father ron any special plans for choirs we don't have the technology to do the online zoom i was watching a video recently that was talking about how to do that and how you have to do each one separately and 
it was way too complicated uh, <laughs> for us to consider. <laughs> the one thing in in California is that if we have mass outside, which we're planning on, mm-hmm. you can have congregational singing. So it's interesting. Some of our parishioners prefer mass outside because they can sing, especially at Christmas time. Whereas if they were in the church building, there's no congregational singing allowed. We're focusing more on our Christmas masses with cantors, kind of providing a background music for the inside masses. And the, the, I even advertised it that way. If you want to sing Christmas carols at mass, come to the outside mass. If you want to listen, if you want to be in our beautiful church and listen to a soloist sing, come to the inside mass. Excellent. Thank you so much. One other thing that I wanted to have you discuss is historically, we know that Christmas and Easter are those two special days where you see more visitors, more parishioners coming to Mass. What will you do to reach out to them? And and I'd really appreciate Sean and Tom to weigh in on this as well after you know, Monsignor and Father Ron uh, respond to that. So how, how will you do outreach to those folks? Will you do calls? Do you send letters out to those folks? You know, in Carlsbad, we do have a lot of tourists that come to town for just Christmas. So Father Ron, you want to speak to that first? We have a, a good mailing list, both postal mail as well as email. And we have uh, a tradition here every year of sending out a Christmas letter to all of our parishioners, informing them of the mass schedule for Christmas, inviting them to to attend. Whether they are people who come once a year or people who are regulars, as long as we have their mailing address, they will get this letter going out in another week or so and inviting them and encouraging them. We also have an email list of about 2,500 who receive a weekly newsletter. During the height of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, right. we were sending it out twice a week. And then we cut back to, to once a week. You mentioned Mary McLean before. She's the one who gets it together. I, I give her the content and she makes it look beautiful and <laughs> mails it out. So all of those people will also be be contacted. We had plans of reaching out to all the tourists who typically come to Carlsbad during the holidays, but it's just the the hotels and the rentals are just not operating the way they usually do. I mentioned it to someone and they said, oh, we can't do something more than what we're doing. Speaking of the hotel owners and stuff, we're we're barely getting people in. And you and I wanted to put out flyers and put something in every room and all this stuff like that. And they they kind of nixed it. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the of our newsletter, and I'm sure you receive it. This has been a, a really strong way that our parish has kept in touch with people. We began it somewhat as a lark. Uh, we didn't have any great plans for it, but it has just grown and grown and grown and has become something not just for news, but for education. We do a lot of uh, adult uh, education with it. I threw in this little column on Catholic trivia, which I am am told is the most popular part of the newsletter. It is, Father. We can can trace who opens what. (laughs) We know how many of you, 
have looked at this article? How many looked at that article? We just had last week a article on the history of Advent. And this coming week, and our diocese, the bishop has given us great latitude with uh, general absolution. So we're constantly educating our people on what this means. And during all of the weekend masses during Advent, the bishop has asked us to offer general absolution at the beginning of the mass in the place of the penitential rite. So I just recorded the other day a uh, penance service on our YouTube channel that we're asking people to go and pray the prayer service with the examination of conscience and a little explanation uh, to prepare for the receiving of general absolution uh, at the parish masses. I also put in a history of the Sacrament of Reconciliation in this coming week's newsletter to help people better understand where this general absolution thing came from, because obviously people are not familiar with it. We don't usually use it. So we've been doing everything we can to try and make the at least the sacraments available to people. All of our Bible studies have gone to Zoom. Uh, we, have, we have a number, we have quite a few Bible studies. All of our religious education programs have, have gone to a combination of limited contact plus Zoom, our youth ministry. Our youth minister just did the confirmation retreat online this past weekend. The kids were doing it via Zoom and then a big group of them came on Sunday to, to one of the masses to conclude the retreat. So we just keep doing what we can and looking for new ways to do it. Sounds great, Father Ron. Uh, Monsignor Marucci? Uh, Anna, your question was, um, how are we reaching out to our congregation and to those beyond the congregation? Uh, or so, those parishioners that only attend Mass on Christmas and Easter, you know, normally, historically, we see a lot more people come to Mass at Christmas time and Easter. And so I was just wondering, we're wondering, how are you going to reach out to those folks, given the current situation with COVID? Again, I said it's like, a, it's about an encounter, right? So around this time of year, end of October, early November, up to towards Thanksgiving, I really try to drive within my congregation the message of stewardship and ask them to make an annual commitment to their stewardship of time, talent, and treasure. Mm -hmm. Time and talent part's a little hard because, you know, um, we're not doing the kind of ministry on site, although we are doing a significant amount of ministry behind the scenes with a small group of people. I'm in the process right now of asking them to recommit to their stewardship of treasure. And I ask my parishioners every year to do two things. For their time in town to make a commitment to one ministry for at least one year. And if they're not, it's not life-giving for them, try something different. But then when we get to the time and uh, to their treasure, we ask them to really think about how they want to give for the following year. So this has been going on for many years. So I just wrote a letter that they will respond back to me and they will let me know how they want to give. They want to give weekly, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually or whatever. I will send to them at the same time this letter is going out there'll be a video that's going to come out from me that's going to talk about the parish as being a beacon of hope 
especially during this time of pandemic. And I think one of the uh, big problems in our church today is we do great ministry. We just have a bad habit of not telling people about the great work that we do. So um, I want to let our congregation know, and I can do this um, through the technology that we have to send them actually this uh, couple minute video clip that tells them everything that the the work, my, my concept of it is, you know, things may close down, but the work of the Lord never ends. And I want them to see what great work of the Lord that this parish has been doing. And we'll ask them to make their commitment, and then I will let them know a little bit more about some of the issues of what we've been able to accomplish. And it's through that that I'm using this as an opportunity to try to engage people to start really coming back to church now. And it's a a difficulty. It was a great pastoral plan until the numbers started to really spike dramatically in our country and throughout the world. But I'm using it as an opportunity to ask them to try to make that commitment to come back to church. We'll have a special letter for them for Christmas. There'll be a special Christmas video that the kids have made that is going to be sent to all of our parishioners. And, you know, kids are creative. Our youth group have done an incredible job of making their own little video clips and sending it to one of our catechists who's put this great program together. So we're simply going to remind them that at this time, especially, this is where we need kind of the Lord the most in our lives is when things are so uncertain. So Christmas is a great time to do it. And that's going to be our plan. Wow. Well said, Monsignor. Tom, did you want to add anything to that? I'm just curious uh, for both pastors, have they seen a significant decrease in their offertory income? And maybe at the same time, have they seen an increase in parishioners willing to give online? Well, that's an easy one because I know exactly. We have been able to maintain approximately 85% of our offertory. I attribute that to the sense of, well, first of all, we had a very successful campaign before I got here, Tom. And we're still, uh, we get a great residual off that. Uh, But also the fact that we have really worked hard to keep people connected, to let people know what's going on, to solicit their feedback, to to share whatever we can with them, both think whether it be information or inspiration or education or formation, even just entertainment. And I think because people feel very much a part of the parish still, they're continuing to contribute. We haven't really asked for a lot. We haven't, we've done no big campaign to to increase our offertory because our people are already responding very well. We did experience a big increase in online giving. We kind of threw it out there, offered it to people. Traditionally, we have had good response with online giving. We're one of the parishes that has the most parishioners using online giving. And so everybody knows somebody who's using it. So when we suggested it, I think they just told each other it's okay. (laughs) So we have a a very large percentage of parishioners who are involved in online giving. Consequently, while our fundraising 
efforts are pretty non-existent. The offertory giving has uh, really stayed up there pretty well. Thank you, Father Ron. Monsignor uh, Marucci, did you want to answer that question? Uh, just uh, quickly, I will say that I have a very archaic way that our parishioners give here at St. Andrew's Palm. I'm not sure if you did this back in 1985, but if you did, it's still working. And I'm smart enough man to know not to fix something that's not broken. And that is, you know, I told you we invite our parishioners to make commitment of how they want to give. At the beginning of the pandemic, what we will also do is we'll send them a gentle reminder, monthly, quarterly, semi-annually, annually, that it's that time to give. So 50% of the ordinary income of this parish actually comes through the mail. And I know it's a very archaic approach, but it works. And I'm not, I'm smart enough to know not to um, stop that. But I will say what's happened during the pandemic is many of those people are segueing over to electronic giving. And we just tried to encourage our weekly donors that would normally come every week to jump into either the electronic giving or the mail offertory program. As a result, our ordinary income has only declined about 8%. Wow, congratulations. That's wonderful. Yes. That's wonderful. Congratulations to both of you. Certainly all of us at Changing Our World have seen drops of like 30 and 40%. So I think it's wonderful. Blessings to you both yeah. for that. Sean, did you want to add anything to... Uh... Yes, just a quick question. Of course, we know that during the pandemic, it was an opportunity for all of us to sort of reflect on our lives, our actions, you know, um, our careers just in general. Um, have you seen any increase in the number of people who prior to the pandemic sort of straight away? And um, now that the, the doors of the church are open again, have decided to come back. Have you seen any sign of that, you know, even uh, the smallest of parishioners? We noticed when we first began offering masses again after being completely shut down way back there in March or April, that we steadily increased. We're, we're a parish of 4,500 families, so it's a large parish. And we were getting maybe 4,500 people, a total attendance for all of our masses. Now we're up to 1,200 per weekend, spread over seven masses. Most and, and our weekend masses have been outside for a long time now because we don't have enough room in the church for the number of people who are coming back. Thanks be to God. Yeah. However, we saw a spike in attendance when we moved outside. Mm. There were a number of people who I think were afraid of being inside in closed space, even though it's a big church. They they felt more comfortable when it was outside. Now, sorry, I hate to sound like the Southern California snob, uh, but that outdoor mass has been a boon for us. Monsignor? I can't say that I've seen a significant return because the churches are limited in their capacity of how many people we can hold. But I will tell you what I am noticing is I'm noticing there's an increase in the number of people that are articulating significant need. 
So that's what I'm tending to see. We have compassionate outreach ministries. There are about 30 different projects and programs that comes out of that one um, umbrella of ministries. And they're just working overtime trying to meet the needs of families. And, And it's really overwhelming. And they're the people that I'm starting to see that I haven't seen in the past. You know, they're coming out of need. And then our objective is to kind of reconnect. To that. Sure. Well, I I want to thank you all for a great discussion. I think personally, I could probably listen for another hour to all of you speak, but really good conversation. And I really want to thank Father Ron and Monsignor Marucci for joining us today, for your input, for your uh just uh, providing some real good creative ways that your parishes have been working through the pandemic. I want to thank Sean and Tom Farrell for joining us, Joe for keeping us moving along. Thank you. And then next week, we'll continue this conversation with other guests. But again, thank you. Any last minute words before we sign off? Monsignor? Just have a blessed Thanksgiving, a blessed Christmas. And remember, you know, No matter what happens in our world, Christ is always the center of our lives and he'll carry us through. Thank you. Father Ron? At Thanksgiving, we're stressing here at St. Patrick's that we should focus on what we have been given rather than on what we don't have and to give thanks to God and share what we have with others. Amen. John? I just wish you guys uh, the best as you continue to spread the gospel. And in your uh, end of year stewardship effort and your ongoing efforts as well. So may God continue to bless you. And thank you for joining us today. Tom. I was watching uh, the Catholic Faith Network here on Long Island, and they had the United States uh, Catholic Conference of Bishops, and they were going around from bishop to bishop, many different dioceses from San Angelo, Texas to Yakima, Washington. And those bishops were talking about the work you know, of the church, particularly their Catholic charities, uh, departments, how there was, you know, significant outreach to families and individuals that have suffered hardship through the COVID-19 crisis, financial hunger, uh, emotional issues, just amazing the great work of the church. And like what Monsignor Marucci said, uh, we don't always boast about it. It's definitely not Catholic to, you know, to grandstand and, uh, So in this season that we're approaching here of Thanksgiving and Advent, I just wish everybody a great 2021. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Sean. And I just really want to thank all of you because I think in addition to this being a great conversation, I think it's been inspiring as well. And I know that many of the listeners out there will agree with me. And I want to thank you all for that, those messages that have come through. And I know that we've touched quite a few out there. So God bless everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And please stay healthy. Okay. God bless. I want to thank Anna, Tom, Sean, Father Bagley, and Monsignor Marucci for being on our show today. What a great conversation. So timely and so relevant to where we're all at in the calendar year. 
And once again, we will not have a Advancing Our Church Live this week on Facebook. We're taking Wednesday off for the Thanksgiving holiday, but I hope that each of you have a blessed Thanksgiving weekend and and holiday season. I know it's going to be a little bit different, but we will keep you in our prayers, and we know that things are going to start to look a little bit better in 2021. We'll just continue to pray for the vaccines and uh, and all those who are working on the front lines and all of us who have been affected by this situation. We'll look forward to joining you again after Thanksgiving. Well, that's our show this week. Many thanks to the Changing Our World podcast team and the Pottery Studios for their support of our show. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at advancingourchurch.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Advancing Our Church is a production of Changing Our World, and we are a fundraising and social impact consulting firm that has been advising both nonprofits and corporations for over 20 years. For more information, please visit us at changingourworld.com. Well, that's it for me. Have a great week, everybody. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Take care and God bless.